Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Develop podcast series. This is Danielle Reynolds joining you today. I've got an exciting guest with us, Brett Murphy from our Austin office. Brett, welcome to the Develop podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yes, well, we are excited to get to learn more about you and your journey through public accounting and all that you've mastered. So let's let's just dive right in. Um, so just give us a little intro about you. Where were you born? Where are you from? You know, where you went to school? Sure. Yeah, so born in San Antonio, uh, moved to the big city of Bernie when I was five years old and uh, started kindergarten there and went all the way through high school and, um, and followed one of my brothers who was up at Texas Tech. And so I went and visited him and ended up going to school up there. Um, and started out as preclinical laboratory science major. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought I was going to go into pharmacy, um, did the whole health occupation, Students of America, you know, throughout high school. And I uh, got to tech and I realized you have to be pretty decent at science and chemistry and things like that that I uh, wasn't very interested in. So junior year, switched majors. Or actually, I, I, I took half education, half accounting classes. Uh, first semester junior year, liked both, um, you know, throughout high school I was told, you know, by a lot of my coaches, hey, you'd be, you know, great football coach and a great coach and teacher. And so I thought about that and uh, took half the classes, ended up deciding, you know what, it'd be a heck of a lot easier to start out in accounting and switch to education uh, mm-hmm. rather than vice versa. And so I went the accounting route, um, got my fix through coaching, through coaching uh, Special Olympics for a handful of years before switching over to t-ball and soccer for my kids. Yeah, uh, graduated Texas Tech December of 06, and then uh, started my career in, in Dallas. Love it. Okay, so you switched kind of late in your college career going to accounting. Really so yeah. how was that, I guess, going through the recruiting process? So did you still go through the recruiting process? What was that like for you? <laughs> well, it was a little <laughs> bit interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very late. So switched over. Uh, like I said, my first first semester junior year, second semester junior year, we start the recruiting process. And so I had just taken my um, financial accounting, intro to financial accounting class the semester prior, um, started uh, intermediate, was really liking intermediate, um, jumped into the accounting uh, recruiting process. Um, at that time, with the amount of hours that I had, you know, I, I went straight forward looking for a full-time job as opposed to an internship. Um got the question, what do you want, audit or tax? I said, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> I had I had absolutely no idea what an audit was. Um, accounting was brand new to me. Uh, first generation college graduate. So, um, you know, my, my dad was a horologist or is a horologist, uh, which horology is a study of time. He's got a clock and watch shop down in San Antonio. Uh, my mom works for UTSA and um, on the side, my dad's a football official. And so one of his good friends, uh, happened to be a CPA and said, hey, you know, if your boy likes math, you know, they're, they're hiring a ton of accountants right now. This is right after you know, Sox 404 uh, got okay. rolled out. So I uh, recommended that I, you know, I, I look at accounting and, and auditing. And um, after going through the recruiting process, I just said, hey, I'll, I'll go wherever you need me. Where should I go? Uh, and everybody said, you know, you, you've got more of that audit personality. Uh, <laughs> so you should go that path. And especially if you're like an intermediate. Um, you should do that. And so uh, did that, um, you know, went, went big four right out of college uh, and was with uh, 
the KPMG in Dallas for four years, or excuse me, for two years um, before I made the switch over to Jones Baggett. So good buddy of mine at, in college was Kyle Willie, who's also a fellow partner now here at Willie Pinup in Plano. Uh, he started with Cecil right out of college. And so uh, he got me to, to go over there and, uh, you know, I enjoyed that quite a bit, joined them in January of 2009. Uh, and so I've been with that group ever since. Yeah. So what a transition from, you know, preclinical education, accounting, and look at you now. I think audit was, seems like the perfect fit for you too. So it kind of just all worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah, it took, took a while to get here, but, uh, it, you know, it actually worked out perfectly, Danielle. Uh, you know, the good thing with switching majors is I had 150 hours with, you know, with, with no problem. So I actually didn't go to grad school um, because I had all the hours I needed. I just had to take a few extra accounting classes. Um, and so I can tell you a whole, whole lot of nothing about chemistry um, <laughs> from my experience of starting out preclinical laboratory science. Um, that was my motivation to get out, I think. But um, yeah, I took, took a few additional classes uh, in, in a few different uh, you know, areas that aren't really uh, applicable to my, to my degree, but have been beneficial, I think, um, in the long run, outside of the whole science aspect, the education piece, I think has been beneficial as well from the classes that I, that I took yeah. uh, while I was trying to figure out my major. Absolutely. Well, hopefully when your boys got, you know, in high school learning chemistry, they might come to dad with all the, all the questions. In the homework. Uh, Danielle, I'd <laughs> like them to pass. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have better than a C, I think is what I got in that class. Maybe a D. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So no, they're going to have to go to mom for that one. Yeah. Well, so fun. So, okay. So what, what were some skills then you learned that like back going through, you know, school, whether it's switching majors, navigating through that early on in your career, um, some skills you learned then that still play a role now in your life or in your career? You know, I don't know about, um, skills from switching majors, but just going through the recruiting process, um, just with a positive attitude, just open to anything, you know, at that point, you know, I was just excited to, to have a job waiting for me and, and, and have the opportunity to have something lined up uh, mm -hmm. a year out from graduation or over a year out from graduation. Um, and so I just kind of went into the mind, you know, with the mindset of, I'm going to talk to anybody and everybody and, uh, you know, just be myself, uh, you know, bring bring my natural uh personality and high energy uh to the table and and just be willing to to run with whatever whatever opportunity uh presented itself to me and so um i don't know i, I feel like i've still kind of carried that mentality i don't know that i picked it up then um but yeah i just you know took that took the the uh, i guess really what it took away from that whole process was being in a more formal environment uh, more of a business environment. That was really my first exposure, I think, to, you know, getting dressed up and wearing suits and, and having to interact with a bunch of people that I didn't really know all that well, you know, especially growing up in small town, Texas, and, um, you know, then going to tech and, and kind of finding a group of friends. It was the first time I had to really go out, uh, sit down in a, you know, business professional environment and interact with folks. Um, and so, you know, that, you know, translates to what I'm doing today and what I've, I've done really throughout my career you know, on the audit side and going out there meet with new folks to either bring up, bring in new business or, um, you know, meeting with new clients. Um, so that's probably the biggest takeaway, I, I, I guess, looking back on the recruiting process. 
Yeah. Well, you certainly make it look very natural. Like that's it. That is a natural skill for you to connect with people and talk with them. And kind of, it's fun to see it. You know, you started out big four, but you had a connection. You mentioned Kyle, Willie, who is here at Whitley Pin, um, and kind of keeping up with those connections that you met. You know, we even tell students now how important it is to start building your network now, right? You never know when a connection is going to come back into play, even the students that you're with in school. So kind of oh, yeah. full circle. Yeah, no, 100%. And then even, you know, whenever we joined, uh, or whenever I joined Jones Baggett over there with, with Kyle and Cecil, you know, brought over a lot of friends that, you know, met along the way through the recruiting process. Um, you know, so we had Mark Beeler, who's now with us down in San Antonio. He uh, he joined us. I met him at KPMG, and he joined us over there. Uh, Wes Felding was a buddy of mine that, uh, I met through the recruiting process at Texas Tech. He joined us. Uh, Stephen Moore's wife, uh, Katie Moore, she um, she came over with us as well. Um, you know, uh, I guess about six months after I joined Jones Baggett, and I had met her uh, through the recruiting process too. So um, yeah, so Jones Baggett became you know uh, to be a, a place where a lot of the ties that Kyle and I had, you know, through the recruiting process, uh, ended up getting back together a few years later. Um, so it's pretty, pretty neat to see. And then, you know, even looking back now, you know, you look at Whitley Penn, you've got Cameron Sampler, who uh, Cecil worked with, you know, many years ago. And then um, I met Cameron uh, and Kyle and I met Cameron at Jones Baggett. Um, and then, you know, now Cameron joined us, I guess, back in October, I think this past year. Um, so, you know, the, the, the ties last forever. Uh, it's important to stay in contact with people. I think uh, Kyle Willie did a good job with Cameron. He always touched base with him quite a bit. Uh, saw a good opportunity for him and brought him in. And same with with Mark Beagler down in San Antonio. Saw a good opportunity for him. You know, that's a, a market we've always been interested in. And um, so we're, we're excited to have both those guys join us. Yeah. Uh, all from, you know, Bull Jones Baggett, which was about 20 folks <laughs> um, before we merged. So exciting stuff and lots of good tips right there. So young Brett. You started out, you said big four, then went to Jones Baggett. You mentioned 20 people. What were Eddie's struggles, if any? Um, what were some struggles you experienced early on in your career and how did you kind of navigate through those? Yeah, there's probably, I mean, there's a lot of struggles. Um, you know, I think, and this is something that sticks with me today and I, I tell everybody that joins our team is that, you know, whenever I first started uh, in public accounting, I thought I had to know everything. Um, scared to ask questions because I, you know, I was worried how that would be uh, perceived by you know my mentors or uh, seniors that I was working with. And so, um, what I learned now looking back, and what I tell staff that join us, seniors, managers, I mean everybody, is you know when somebody first joins us, we expect you to know nothing. You know, it's expect you to have that foundation right of understanding of accounting, but they really expect you to know nothing. We're here. Your keep- eyes always get real big when you say that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like no trust me um so don't hesitate to ask questions um so that was one of the biggest takeaways that's really stuck with me is is that expectation um you look we're, we're continuously learning I mean even today I'm still learning um you know so that was the biggest thing was you know hey look you got to make people feel as comfortable as possible and realize it's okay to to not know everything uh and just know what you don't know um then not, you know, so that was kind of my biggest takeaway from first starting out. Um, then I went over when I joined Jones Baggett. You know, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit different, right? You know, you go from the big, 
big firm where you've got the happy hours and recruiting and all that stuff. And now we're going to a smaller firm, a little bit more intimate feel, no recruiting. Um, you know, I went over there thinking I was a hot shot. You know, like, oh man, I got this. Uh, you know, I was big four and I'm coming into Jones bag and I'm going to teach these guys some things. And uh, I got slapped in the face real, real quick. Uh, I was going to say, they shot you down real quick. Well, you know, I could audit the heck out of cash, I think, back then, but that was about it. You know, I didn't really see the whole whole audit come together like we did at at Jones Bagg and like we do now Mm -hmm. at at Whitley Penn. You know, those audit engagements we were working on were so large, um, you would focus on certain areas and one industry. And so you're kind of stuck on that area. And so you didn't really get to see, in my opinion, in my experience, the full picture and how everything comes together. And so... Um, when I joined Jones Bagging, you're working on, well, hey, it was new industries for me. I was working on a lot of banks at that time, uh, which I hadn't dealt with previously and same with, with benefit plans. Um, so yeah, you got to see the whole audit and have responsibilities from beginning to end, including, you know, writing the report. So, um, you know, that, that took some time to, to get accustomed to, and it was, a, it was a wake up call of, you know, hey, just, you know, Nobody's better than anybody. Doesn't matter about your experience or where you come from. Uh, you know, everything's a little bit different, and there's everybody knows something uh, that you probably don't know. And so, um, learned a lot from that from that experience as well. So, those are probably the two biggest takeaways. Looking back to early on, uh, auditor Brett. Uh, yeah. Back to you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Yeah. Okay. So you got big four. Then you go smaller firm and then Jones Baggett merges in with Whitley Penn. Yeah. Walk us through that. So what year was that? What yeah. level were you at? How did your, I mean, you kind of seen it all now at this point, right? That's so right. how has your career evolved as you've progressed, you know, all these years since starting out? Yeah. So, you know, the, the neat thing about my experience is I love it from the recruiting standpoint because I can. Uh, honestly speak and speak from experience about the various size firms. You know, one of the, one of the key components when you're going through the recruiting process is what size firm is going to be the best for me. And so um, the neat thing with my experience is I've done small, medium, and large. Uh, and so anyway, um, going back to the merge, we merged November, 2014. Um, you know, first, first thoughts were uh, probably a little bit of frustration Uh you know, Kyle, Willie, and I had, you know, this great plan that, which I don't know if Cecil ever knew this, but uh, our plan was, hey, we're going to take over this firm, you know, whenever Cecil retires, uh, you <laughs> wow. know, this going to be our firm, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and so at first there's, there's a little bit of disappointment, you know, super comfortable where I was, knew exactly where I stood with Cecil. And so um, going back into Whitley Penn or merging into Whitley Penn, um, you know, was, was a new experience. And so I was a little bit, nervous at first and, and like I said probably a little bit disappointed um, but right before we merged um, we had a, a happy hour in the Dallas office got to see a lot of familiar faces um, that I you know I met through the recruiting process or, or through Texas Tech um, and then we even got invited back then we had the firm trip still and so uh, we were out in Florida right before the merger so we got to go out there um, a weekend before we merged and join the firm on that trip. And so I got to meet a lot of the folks um, at the firm in the various offices. Um, so, you know, it was, it was exciting um, from that standpoint. Once I kind of realized, uh, once we had that happy hour, once we had um, that firm trip, you know, I was like, man, this is kind of the best of both worlds. You know, yeah. it, all right. You know, one of the things that I really enjoyed about the big four that I missed with Jones Baggett were 
were those happy hours and the camaraderie um, outside of the office, um, you know, with more than just a few people. And so um, we got that back. I've always been passionate and, you know, excited to be involved in the recruiting uh, side of things. And so, you know, when you're at a smaller firm like Jones Baggett, you're not really on campus uh, in person. You might, you know, have some postings and that, that's really it. So um, I was excited about that. And so kind of once I got my, my feet in the door, um, you know, I got, got real excited about the opportunity. Um, obviously, it, it presented a lot more opportunity for me. I think mm-hmm. my path to partnership was um, probably quicker than it would have been had we stayed at Jones Baggett. Um, and, you know, it, it opened the door for us to, to get to interact with a lot more of our friends um, that were in various industries. You know, Jones Baggett, we specialize in financial institutions. And so this kind of opened the door to, to go after anybody and everybody. Um, and and we'd always been, been encouraged from day one about getting out and about uh, networking, uh, you know, grabbing drinks with friends and um, seeing what kind of business opportunities are out there. So, um, but yeah, the, you know, anytime you go through a merger, there's change. Uh, sure. There was excitement. There's, there's definitely, you know, probably frustration along the way. And, um, but, you know, at the end, I think it was, it was probably one of the best things for us as a firm. I think, you know, you look, look at our group that's come over from Joan Faggett and you've got, uh, you got, what, four partners, um, Melinda Jones, Cecil Jones, uh, Kyle and myself, and then you got mm-hmm. uh, two senior managers um, that, that joined us recently. So uh, for, for little old Jones Baggett, I think we've done okay, and it's been <laughs> you know, pretty beneficial, hopefully, for, for both parties. Yeah, and I feel like, too, when you guys merged in, that was, I mean, Whitley Penn was a lot smaller back then, too, uh-huh. relative to what we are now. So You've got to witness all of the growth Willie Penn has had, you know, from starting just being Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston to, to now where we're at. So that was yeah. a good time. You've seen a lot of change happen. Yeah, yeah. I think whenever we joined, I want to say we're probably somewhere around 60 million in revenue, yeah. 300 employees and, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 partners, something like that. So, yeah, we more than doubled in size. Really, uh, you know, Cecil and, and Kyle and Melinda and I like to, you know, to say really that growth just really exploded after that Jones Baggett merger. You know, we just brought in all this momentum with us and helped take us to where we're at today. So yeah, you know, from from the ex Jones Baggett employees, we'd like to take a lot of credit for the growth that's happened over the years. <laughs> Love it. Take the credit. So um, so with all these changes and you know, all the experiences you've gone through. Um, what are the biggest things you've learned transitioning into a leadership role, right? Do you think you are a different leader now than maybe you would have been if you didn't experience, you know, really everything? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, 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 I kind of revert back to starting out again, you know, transitioning to the leadership role. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a new experience for me. It was, it was entirely different. Uh, it's pretty unique experience. I think especially compared probably to a lot of partners. Um, I think more times than not, people are, you know, in their market uh, for a number of years and then get promoted. Uh, for me, you know, I, I moved to Austin um, shortly after getting promoted and, and obviously we didn't have any sort of audit practice here. Um, and so it was a little bit of a challenge at first just because I was someone on an island in terms of at least having, you know, people close by that I could talk to and and, you know, mentors were now a phone call away rather than being right next door. Um, you know, so, yeah, I think what I, I really learned from that is even though it's kind of out of sight, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work 
uh, in the Dallas office and Fort Worth office and had, you know, a number of mentors uh, in really every office uh, to where I was able to lean on various people throughout, um, you know, my early years um, in, in the partnership uh, as I'm getting my feet wet and, and learning, um, you know, how to kind of look at uh, the audit from the partner standpoint, uh, how to develop business uh, on my own. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there's always bumps in the road uh, along the way. And so, you know, really fortunate to have mentors. And I think that starts day one as a staff. Uh, and it really doesn't stop even to, you know, when you're a partner, I've still got people that I rely upon um, that I'll call uh, and look for guidance. Um, and so I think that's, that's been the biggest thing is, and it really, I think goes back to my comment about reiterating to the staff about, hey, know what you don't know and don't be scared to ask questions. Um, I think that hits even home even more as a partner, you know, especially for, for me, I started, you know, working on new industries as well. Not only did I relocate, um, you know, it was the audit partner of Austin. So anything that would come in the door or any opportunity I could get, um, you know, I was chasing it. And so a lot of times that meant auditing and, and um, working with new entities or entities that are in industries I hadn't experienced before. So um, I think taking advantage of the opportunities that uh, are presented to you in terms of uh, when somebody, you know, reaches out to you uh, and tries to take you in and uh, mentor you, I mean, to run with that and take advantage of it. And I think that's been one of the keys to my success here in Austin is, is having just, you know, a handful of mentors that I can reach out to at any point in time. Yeah, love that. Well, okay, so you started talking about this, but let's start it in Dallas. You forgot to mention Fort Worth in there. You went straight to Austin. So walk <laughs> us through kind of your role in every office, which ended up right where you're at now in the Austin market, the audit market leader down there, really building the audit practice down there since we didn't have anything before. Um, walk us through that and how, how that all evolved. Yeah, so um, yeah, so I spent the first 10 years of, of uh, my career in Dallas, or 10-ish years, I guess I should say, more like nine. Um, you know, uh, right whenever we merged, uh, had just gotten married, got married, July 14. Uh, hopefully my wife's remember or is listening uh, so she can you know hear that I just remembered that it was in fact July 14. Pull we'll that clip July. and just send it. Yeah, tweet yeah, sinister. Um, <laughs> and so um, right when we merged, uh, like I said, yeah, I got married. We had uh, first child um, pretty shortly thereafter. Um, and then shoot, I guess we're about a year and a half in to the merger. And uh, maybe even less, uh, we found out Baby Boy 2 was on its way. And so I was in a little tutu in, in Dallas over the M streets and we're out growing that house. And so we're like, all right, we got to look around and see where we want to go. And, you know, my wife graduated high school in Fort Worth. Um, yeah, Fort Worth was, was a, a place that I always saw uh, to be a little bit more of my speed. And uh, so I moved over there with the intent of digging our hills in, um, you know, talked to John Valance and a lot of the... Um, team members over there about transitioning over there. I thought it'd be beneficial for Kyle Willie and I to separate ourselves a little bit more. Um, primarily, I was tired of Felix Lozano calling me Kyle every time he saw me. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we got to separate so they know that we're not one of the same. Um, just kidding. Um, but yeah, so moved there with the full intent of, hey, this is where we're going to raise our family. Um, love Fort Worth. Um, you know, in-laws were, were 10 miles down the road and, and uh, totally happy there. 
Uh, and then I started seeing these emails, you know, going out about, hey, looking for senior manager to go down to Austin, start up the audit practice, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the first time I saw it, you know, kind of ignored it. It's like, ah, yeah, no way. Um, and I think six months later, I saw it again, or a few months later, I saw it again. And, um, said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this opportunity. I spoke to my wife, said, hey, there's this opportunity in Austin. Um, yeah, I think I could be a good fit. Um, what do you think? And so she said, well, you don't even know what the opportunity is. You got to go talk to people first. Uh, and so I started that process, spoke to some of our leaders, got their thoughts and about me going, going down to Austin and starting up the practice. Um, I'm trying to think, when was that? I guess that was summer of 17. And so we had just acquired uh, Wagner, Eubanks, and, and, and Nichols up in Dallas, uh, January 17, I believe. And so they had a small tax firm that they acquired here in Austin. Uh, the year prior. So they had, I don't know, about seven folks just um, fully, fully uh, tax only. And so uh, anyway, yeah. So talked to some of the partners. They said, yeah, you know, we think you'd be a great fit down there and uh, you've got my support. And so um, ended up doing that, made the decision, uh, I guess, fall or winter of 2017, got promoted to the partner January 18, and then moved down here uh, the tail end of May. Uh, 18 and, and kind of, you know, hit the ground running. So, um, yeah, I've kind of done the, the tour day Whitley pin. Yeah. I spent a lot of time in Houston too. We've got a few bank clients down in the Houston, uh, market. So I've worked with that team quite a bit. So, um, really, you know, been involved with, with pretty much every office, um, you know, spent time in every office, I guess, with the exception, uh, of, of West Texas, uh, or the Permian Basin folks. But, um, but yeah, so got to see, got to see a lot in terms of uh, different uh, size accounting firms and, and really uh, every office of, of Whitley Penn. Yeah, that is so cool. I feel like you're the only one that can say that. So <laughs> love it. So what's the most exciting thing about being in the Austin market, personally or professionally? I'm sure it's different than the other markets you've been in. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of uh, exciting things, you know, both from the personal standpoint and the business standpoint. Uh, from the personal standpoint, I'll start there. Um, you know, a lot of people actually don't talk about this, Danielle, but it's actually a great city to raise a family in. Uh, it's a very family-friendly town. There's a lot of great restaurants that have playscapes, which, you know, as, as, a, as a new parent uh, will become more and more important. Uh, you can find a place where you can let your kids run wild, but you can enjoy a nice glass of wine or beer or whatever it may be. And so Austin's got a lot of outdoor restaurants that are, you know, great local restaurants. Um, that's fun for the kids uh, as well. And so um, that, from that standpoint, is great as, as well as all the outdoor activities here. You know, it's hard to beat the hill country. As somebody that grew up in the hill country, it uh, feels a little bit more like home to me being back down here. Um, just love going back out the you know, back roads. We kind of live uh, mm -hmm. out by the city park. So we, you know, drive through this winding road to get back to our house and just reminds me of my childhood. So a lot of the nostalgia uh, involved in it for me, I think, from the personal standpoint. Um, you know, you got the likes and all that. And so, um, just, it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a fun place is you know, a great energy in this town. Um, both, you know, from the personal standpoint and business standpoint, you got so many folks moving here, startup businesses are relocating their headquarters to, uh, to Austin. So, um, from the business standpoint though, it's, it, it's a lot of fun. It's way more laid back. Um, so Austin's probably unlike any other market, you know, where 
you know, most markets, you've got to wear a jacket to a meeting, I feel like, you know, and you kind of get, you know, frowned upon if you're not wearing a button down in the jacket, I feel like, or at least, in, you know, back, back in the day, that's how it was. And down here, if you wear a jacket, they're looking at you like, who the hell are you and why you're are crazy. you going to uh, <laughs> So, you know, I first came down here, um, you know, I was meeting folks in slacks and, and, and a button down and I'd show up and they'd be in board shorts and a tank top ready to hit the lake. And so <laughs> I learned real quick that, uh, yeah, the, the style down here, the business environment is, is a little bit different than DFW or, or Houston. And so I actually love it. Uh, you know, I pretty much wear my everyday normal attire that I would wear outside of work to work. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that part's uh, nice. It's just, you know, super easy going. Um, but then there's just a ton of opportunity. Um, so we've grown quite a bit since we've been down here. Um, I know when I first came down here, I was kind of a nervous wreck, like, oh, my gosh, like, I've got to grow. Um, I've got to build this book and, you know, I've got to run around and meet everybody, uh, which I tried to. Uh, but yeah, I was worried about, you know, making sure that I, I grew my book because, I, you know, unlike a lot of other partners where you have, you know, a decent sized book, you know, the day you get promoted, I, I did not. Um, I had a lot of room to grow. Um, I came down here. Uh, with a smaller book than you typically get. I had what I call my lifeblood uh, of a book, which was just small enough to keep me busy and, um, uh, you know, enough to, to have some sort of revenue. But a lot of what I've got now has been stuff that we had to pick up along the way. And, you know, fortunately for us, um, we've had a lot of success. And so that's probably been the most fun is, is going out and getting, getting new business uh, each year. You know, I started out with, you know, I don't know, uh, the 10 or so clients, I think, maybe 15, you know, and we're up to, to over 50 now uh, in, you know, just about four years. And uh, book's probably about four or five times uh, the size it was from day one. And so uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, an, it's just like I said, it's a super laid back environment where I can go out and be myself, uh, be laid back. Uh, and it works down here. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a lot of fun and really I've not seen any sort of sign of it slowing down anytime soon. We still got a lot of folks moving here. We still got a lot of opportunities that are coming in the door. It just seems like each year there's more and more opportunity. And so, um, it was also fun to come down here and, you know, kind of take ownership of this market and, you know, came down here essentially by myself with, you know, no staff or anything like that. So it's been fun to see, the opportunities for uh, the folks that are on our team to get to develop uh, as well and, and, and see the opportunities that are presented to them. So yeah, uh, lots of opportunity to grow. hundred percent. So yeah. uh, let's talk a little bit about involvement, whether that's getting involved internally at the firm um, or externally with different organizations or associations. I know you're involved a lot, both internally and externally. So I want you to touch on the importance of that and why it's so beneficial to you. I really think both personally for the skills you learn and professionally to get you to where you want to be. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think a lot of times when you get involved, it gives you the opportunity to experience leadership um, quicker. Um, and, and uh, you know, really from the personal standpoint, you know, I've always had something that I did uh, outside of work, you know, like I mentioned earlier, did Special Olympics for, for six or seven years up in Dallas with the Notre Dame School of Dallas. Um, you know, it's just nice to give back. Um, 
uh, and it's just it's 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 fun to be involved with something where uh, you feel like you're making a difference in somebody's life. And so uh, for me, that's that's why you know, I've always tried to be involved in, in in something or another. You know, Special Olympics was something that special to me, um, and and something that I really learned a lot from. Uh, and just you know, it's just great to see people in that scenario showing off their abilities and seeing the amount of pride they have um, for doing something that you know, to, to, you know, regular kid, you know, may just be an everyday type of activity, but to see them, um, really appreciate, um, those moments that, um, they don't always get to experience, uh, I think just really, uh, good for the soul. Good, good for you personally. Yeah. I think it kind of helps change your outlook on life a little bit if, if, if need be. Um, but yeah, so I think it's always important to be involved externally. I've always tried to be involved with some sort of organization or, in some form or fashion, uh, from the professional standpoint, I think it's important as well. Um, you know, it's for me, it's it's a lot of my opportunities have come from those professional organizations. Uh, I've always been involved with uh, IBAT, the Independent Bankers Association of Texas. Um, to me, that's kind of what I, I live for. You know, in terms of uh, the professional side of things. You know, I actually talked to Cecil Jones probably a, a time or two uh, back when I was a manager about leaving. Uh, and going into industry, you know, passionate about banking, mm-hmm. um, and I had a few opportunities flung my way, and so I talked to Cecil about it, and um, you know, then you know, I kind of realized, well, shoot, when I do that, I got to sit behind the desk. <laughs> that's that's it. I guess I can be a part of organizations, but I don't really get to go out and, and network as much. I'm just the accountant. Um, so for me to be part of these organizations is less meaningful, uh, you know, to that bank or whatever organization I'm going to join, but. Um, you know, so being involved with these types of um, groups has always been something that's important to me because that's been the business development side. That's where I get to go out, have fun, um, make new friends that hopefully will eventually be clients. And, and we've seen that. And so a lot of my clients today have come from those events and these organizations that I've been a part of, either directly or indirectly. Um, so now I'm at the, the age where a lot of my friends that I've made from IBET are starting their own banks. And so, you know, helped a few friends kind of, you know, get that process um, completed uh, and get their banks off the ground and up and running. And so that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Um, but then I'm also involved with other organizations where, you know, meeting other networkers. And so uh, those folks have provided us with a lot of opportunities, um, especially here in Austin. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of bankers along the way uh, and they've presented us with a lot of opportunities. And so I think it's highly important. Um, and I think the sooner you can get involved, the better. I think a um, it makes it more enjoyable. I think it was uh, Joe that you know mentioned. I think it was the career life balance, right? And so I think there's yeah. a lot to that, especially at, at Whitley Penn and a firm our size, because really it 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 meshes. Your career and your life can mesh if you wanted to, and that's kind of the way I've always looked at it. Is look, I'm out here to make friends, and I, I want to you know be friends with with folks that I think you know have got the same drive that I do and that can be successful. Um, both just because I enjoy being around those kind of individuals, but then on top of that, there's opportunity that will come from that that will help me grow uh, the firm. And so I think if you look at it from that lens of the career life blend, where it's it's just all one, um, A, it makes work way more enjoyable. B, I think it, it'll make you more successful at the end of the day too, because um, when your network, your personal network is also your, your business network, um, you know, your spouse gets involved, 
your spouse knows your clients. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, she, you know, she's, you know, fully aware of who I'm working with. Um, she knows the kids, uh, of, of some of the folks that I'm working with. And, um, I don't know, it's just, it, it's just, it's way more enjoyable, uh, from, from that standpoint. So, sorry, I might've gotten off on the tangent there, but, uh, no, I love it. I think you, <laughs> <For me. laughs> you really touched on the importance um, and how you've been able to make your life, your career, what you want it to look like, right? I mean, you got to go out there and make friends, do what you're good at, and also help them along the way. Like you said, you have the full support of your family. They all kind of blend together. It makes everything more enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, yeah, you know, like you said, you, you kind of, get to do it your way. And, you know, the firm, I think has been really great about that. You know, when I came down here, it wasn't like, Hey, Brett, do this, do that. It's, Hey, look, you've, you've done enough to get yourself to this position. Do what you do. Yeah. Um, and of, of course, you know, they could help point me in the right direction. Or if I wasn't sure I could reach out to somebody, but um, one of the best things is when I came down here at first, I kind of felt like Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights. <laughs> you know, like I've been doing this my, my whole life, my whole career, you know, like, Will Ferrell had been a race car driver and then he gets in the wreck and he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. It's like, he lost his way. You know, when I came down here at first, it's kind of like, yeah, right, what do I do? You know, I'm down here now. Uh, and you know, how do I get this thing going? What do I need to do? And it's just kind of did what I've always done. Uh, yeah. and, um, you know, the firm kind of allowed me to do it my way. And, um, fortunately I think it's worked out well so far. So, so hopefully we keep on rolling the way we are. I think you will keep doing a lot of great things. It's been exciting to watch. So what are some of your best tips for navigating, I guess, busy season or whenever you're feeling unmotivated, what do you turn to? What are your, some of your tips on that? Yeah. Um, it's a good question. Uh, it's yeah. You always get that busy season burnout, you know, it's just, it's going to happen. And then maybe it's not even busy season. You just, you're going to experience uh, a time where you just feel burnt out. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the times you think the ticket is, is trying something new. And, and, you know, I know that certainly came up for me, like I mentioned earlier, you know, I talked to Cecil about, you know, potentially, you know, switching roles and going in the industry. Um, you know, I think, A, you just got to take a step back. Um, you can't make any sort of rash decision. Um, you've got to, you know, do what you need to do to kind of reboot um, sometimes it's hard and busy season, but, um, you know, figure out a way for me, I always try to, you know, if I'm busy, I try to work, you know, quite a bit, you know, at night on weekdays, uh, mm -hmm. my kids go to bed at seven, which I think we've talked about bedtimes, the earlier, the bedtime, the better, <laughs> uh, you know, so my kids are in bed by seven, my wife goes to sleep like nine o'clock. So for me, my, my best time, we've got no email. Um, yeah, no kids, no, nothing to, to uh, disrupt me. So I'll, I'll stay up late and work. And for me, that's, that's the best option for me. I, I rather stay up, work late on the weekdays. And then that way I can unplug a little bit on the weekends. Um, you know, maybe I work a couple hours, but um, I try to unplug, uh, you know, if that's going out to, you know, brewery with friends on the weekend and family or trying to sneak in around or whatever it may be, it's, you've got to take care of yourself first. Um, and, and sometimes you just need to, you know, reboot. Um, and so, you know, try to do a mini reboot in, in busy season, um, make plans, uh, for right after busy season. 
I always, always take time off uh, early May, uh, every year, uh, every time, always try to do something with the family. Uh, to me, that's important. I guess, you know, going back to young Brett, single Brett, it's take a trip, um, go visit friends out of town or something like that. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's, it's realizing, Hey, I've got this, you know, certain time of year where I'm a little bit busier, but then I've got all this other opportunity, uh, the rest of the year to utilize the, you know, large amount of PTO that I've got. Um, so, but yeah, I think a lot of it too is, is, is communicating it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and talking, um, to your mentors, you know, Hey man, I'm, I'm burnt out. <laughs> I need, yeah. I need a moment. Um, because they're going to try to work with you as best as they can, um, and, and, and help coach you through it. So I think oftentimes people get very short-sighted, um, and will get burnt out and thinking a career change is, is the ticket. Um, you know, and that's, I guess, maybe a different subject, but, uh, yeah, I think if you take a step back, uh, and, and look at, um, what you have presented in front of you and the opportunity you have in front of you, um, you know, I think it's a pretty easy decision, you know, to, to, to stick it out. I think the older you get, the more experience you get, um, the easier it is to have more flexibility, um, and so I think you just kind of get accustomed to the schedule, you know, the, you know, the, the longer you work, you kind of realize, Hey, this, this time of year, I'm going to be a little bit busier uh, yeah. than others. Or in, in my scenario, I've kind of modified my schedule. Uh, so my, my clientele, and this is kind of unique to Austin, I think, but um, sorry for long winded answers. I don't have short answers ever, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So with, with me, you know, a lot of the folks that we're working with, they don't have tight deadlines. And so they're, they're just getting audits for the, um, you know, in the event they potentially get acquired a few years down the road. And so I've got my schedule where it's spread out, where I've got probably more jobs outside of busy season now than I do within. And so, you know, whenever you get to the level where you're bringing in the clients and you're working with, you know, your, your contacts, you can kind of build your own schedule. Um, and so for me, my, my book is spread out. Um, so my busy season isn't your traditional busy season, really. Um, you know, so that's kind of something else that I think you could look to as well. You know, if here I am as a staff senior manager. It's like, how would I do this differently? Yeah. Uh, do I have to have a busy season? Um, for me, the, the answer is, is not so much. Uh, we're just kind of constant. Uh, so and it's a little bit of give and take, right? Like, you know, things slow down quite a bit outside of busy season. When you have a true busy season for me, we're just kind of steady. So there's always kind of something, but uh, you know, never a huge, huge rush. So, um, kind of a different outlook, um, from that standpoint, um, that I never really thought of until really I I started looking at my book of business here and looking at deadlines. Um, that's just kind of the way it fell down here. So, um, then I realized, you know what, I can control this, you know, there's no reason to push everything into uh, January to April. These guys are just for the sake of having it. So, yeah. And I think, you know, there's just different seasons of life, both your personal life and your professional life. So as you navigate it, but I know Whitley Penn has always been a place where the firm changes with you as your life changes. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for people to progress in their career, kind of going back to making it what they want, because the firm can change with you as, as you go through those different changes of life, which I think is really important when you are trying to figure out where you want to be and where you want to grow your career. Um, so tell me some of your favorite ways to stay 
up to date on latest, whether it's trends, regulations, maybe client news, and why is that important to do? Yeah, so, you know, my background has been pretty, uh, pretty well focused in the financial institution uh, industry. So being involved with those organizations, uh, you know, I'm constantly getting emails and updates, um, you know, about that, uh, about that industry specifically, uh, as well as going to, you know, re regular recurring meetings. Um, yeah, so pretty well informed of what's happening there. Um, uh, you know, on top of that, from the accounting standpoint, you know, we've got a lot of different resources we can utilize, um, both in terms of software or email uh, updates that we get. And so, um, get daily emails from um, accounting today and, uh, you know, various resources like that. But um, yeah, between that and, um, you know, using Accountant Research Manager to see, you know, there's any new standards out there and the internal trainings we've got, you know, we've got a ton of training. Um, yeah, it's one of the nice things with our firm, a firm our size is that we've got a lot of re regular recurring structured training, uh, you know, even by industry. And so um, I think a lot of those are, are pretty beneficial. We've got great leaders uh, in each industry uh, that do a really good job of being the expert for that industry and making sure that they're communicating all the changes that are applicable uh, within those industries. So, um, yes, there's a lot of various ways I think to stay on top of it. Yeah, we're always students, right? Always okay. learning. Um, so last, any books, podcasts, shows you're watching, what can you share with our audience? They could be for fun or something good you're reading, maybe on the professional development side. Yeah, in terms of books, uh, no, no new books, not much of a reader. I get a every once in a while. Okay. I'm blessed to get a, a book shipped to me from uh, our chief growth officer. So I'm sure I'll be reading a new book. It's soon. a good one. I've started it. The gap in the game. Yet, so. It's a good concept, but um, you're too busy the, reading up on your, your client accounting news. That's right. You know, your reading it's capacity. hard to read for pleasure when there's just so much happening in the accounting world. Um, that you just can't overlook. So yeah, uh, <laughs> um, well, and sometimes it's good to have things that maybe aren't work related. I'm sure you yeah, so, like yeah. to watch your golf that gets your mind off something and yeah, off work. So, and so we we do a lot of sports in my house right now. So back in January, I took my kids up to uh, Waco to watch Texas Tech play Baylor, and uh, yeah, my then four year old he just turned five. Uh, and my six-year-old uh, went with me, and um, ever since then, it's just like nonstop basketball. My, my five-year-old <laughs> now is just, everything is basketball, and so it's 9 a.m. on Sunday, and he's wanting to watch basketball, and yeah, so thank God for ESPN On Demand. I can go find any game now. I watch Some a lot of Big plays. Ten. Yeah, I watch <laughs> a lot of Big Ten basketball because they play on Sundays, it turns out, so um, so we got a lot of sports at the demand of my kids. Um my wife and I uh, recently started watching Inventing Anna. Okay. You know, that one, it's on Netflix. Uh, it's the same, it's the same girl uh, from uh, the Ozarks. Oh, yeah. So Ruth. So she's. Uh, she's been uh, in a lot lately. Yeah, she's good, man. Um, yes, yeah, so we started, started watching that. So we're, we're pretty much through that currently. Uh, we got the last episode to watch. Which we'll, we'll probably watch tonight. So I don't know. There's always something that's popping up that's that's new and all the fun uh, stuff i feel like basketball is a better option than maybe some of 
Yeah, yeah. The nice thing with Inventiana is <laughs> on the background, and it's more of a, yeah. a, a distraction for for my wife. And I might sit there and you know uh, do some work while she's watching that. But yeah, no, a lot of basketball. Uh, you know, now with March Madness behind us, it's it's kind of golf uh, moving into baseball. So I've actually been watching a decent amount of college baseball uh, as well. Then you know, of course, you had the Masters last weekend, and before that, you had. Um, Dell match play here in Austin. So there's a lot of intrigue there. And yeah, but now you've got the, uh, the matches coming up in DFW. So I'll be watching, watching the colonial and Byron Nelson as well. So it's yeah, pretty time. much sports. Um, and then we sprinkle in a little bit of, uh, dump trucks and tractors, um, there you go. at the request of my two-year-old. So got to keep it all um, balanced. Yeah, man, we've made some improvements over the years, you know, went from, from Blippi and, um, uh, Oh gosh, what's the one? Uh, Paw Patrol. Um, so we've upgraded from from those to sports. So you know, really, we're in a pretty good spot in the Murphy household in terms of yeah. of TV. So you know, I'm fortunate, I guess, when it comes to uh, to to kid demands on uh, TV. Oh, how could I forget? We've watched. I've probably watched Home Alone <laughs> one through five, uh, like a thousand each. Wow. Uh, and Home Alone one still hits hard for the record. Uh, it's still, it's still, still just as good as it was back in what 1991. It is so, a good one. I don't know if you grew up watching that like I did, but uh, but my kids love it. My two-year-old thinks it's hilarious. I, I don't know if I should admit that my two-year-old watches Home Alone, but uh, <laughs> he's got the book. To get the kids so, on like the classics that you grew up with. Oh man, every night it's Home Alone, Home Alone. So we read the, you know the, the Home Alone book. Uh, which I had no idea existed. So, um, yeah, so quality, quality stuff for sure. See, you are reading books. (laughs) (laughs) I read like 20 minutes every night to my kids. Well, not every night. Some of those kid kid books are long. I'll look at it. This one's a little long for tonight. Yeah, last night we had the Berenstein Bears go to the dentist, you know, so that was a pretty big challenge for me. so yeah, good. I I am keeping up with my reading uh, just in the form of kid books. So it's fun. It all counts. That's right. That's well, right. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Brad, and for everyone tuning in for listening to this developed podcast series, getting to learn more about Brett, his tips, his opportunity, how his career has changed over the years, but he's really made it into the career he wants. So. Thank you for joining us today, Brett. We're excited to have everyone hear you about you and your story. Well, thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Um, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Oh. Oh.